Hi, I'm Isabel. And I'm Hope. And you're listening to Far Beyond. The podcast where we delve into enigmatic stories from the past. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, we have another fabulous tale told by Isabel. Um, I'm going to start it off with just a little excerpt from the beginning of this tale. Next to a great forest, there lived a poor woodcutter with his wife and his two children. The boy's name was Hansel, and the girl's name was Gretel. So, what? Isabel, before... I, like, was doing the Voynich Manuscript. I was looking into the true history of Hansel and Gretel. No! I didn't get that far. No, I don't know that much. Oh I was like, Guys, we have to just no. tell you this is crazy because I was doing the Voynich Manuscript, which was our last episode, yeah. and then I saw host, Hope post something, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to swap. And so I started to... So obviously now I'm doing the true... You swapped to the thing that I left for the Voynich Manuscript. Voynich Manuscript. Wow. That is crazy. Wow. What we're very a great enigmatic we have mystery. Amazing taste. I'm sorry. Your story was beautiful. Keep going. But yeah. That is crazy, though. That is okay. so crazy. I had sorry, to interrupt. Everyone. Okay, we but I'm done. Isabel? Freak out. Well, today, as you may have gathered, we're going to be delving once again into the world of the Grimm brothers. And we're going to be looking at the tale of Hansel and Gretel. So. Hansel and Gretel has been retold, like most of the Grimm Brothers stories, hundreds, thousands of times. You have Disney versions. There was even a Simpsons little version. There's been like live action movies. The gist kind of of the story, and to give a little recap, because it's a little bit different, the original Grimm Brothers tale than the version we have now, where they just get lost in the woods and find a candy house with a witch. So the Grimm Brothers tale is a bit darker and features child abandonment, attempted cannibalism, enslavement, and murder. (laughs) And the origins of this story are equally or more horrifying. Ooh, yummy. I'm going to do a quick little retelling of the Grimm Brothers version, just in case people have forgot or for some reason have not heard of Hansel and Gretel. So, a family does not have enough to eat, and the stepmom decides that they should leave the children in the woods. So, the husband, the dad, is pretty hesitant about it, but he eventually agrees after the stepmom um, is very insistent. The children over here, and Hansel, the oldest, the brother, concocts a plan. He goes outside while they're asleep, and in the light of the moon, fills his pockets with white pebbles. The next morning, on the way to the woods, He drops pebbles in his path, looking back and saying, oh, I'm just saying goodbye to my cat. And the stepmom's like, that's not a cat. That's just the sun shining on the door. I don't know why that detail is in the story, but... I'm just like, hmm, we'll tie this in later. So the stepmom and the dad bring them into the woods. They say, you guys hang out here, light a fire. We're going to go chop some wood. And then they leave them there. So, abandoned, Hansel and Gretel fall asleep in the woods, and when they awake, it is night. Gretel's freaking out, and Hansel says, just wait till the moon comes up, and they can follow the pebbles home. 
So when the full moon rises, they follow the little white pebbles and they make it home safely. And the dad is so happy. The stepmom is not. <laughs> so once again, the mean stepmom, eventually the family falls on hard times again. They're starving. She's like, if they, we have to drop them in the woods again. And the dad is like, okay. This time she's locked the door though to the outside and Hansel is unable to gather stones. This time on the way to the woods, um, oh, another thing. When they're going to the woods, the stepmom gives them each a little piece of bread to, you know, sustain them. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, she's really thoughtful. I want you to die, but not that fast. But yeah, but I'll give you a little something. <laughs> so this time Hansel takes his piece of bread and he crumbles it and leaves breadcrumbs. This time he says he's looking back at a bird on the roof and the stepmom goes, that's not a bird on the roof. That's just the sunlight. I don't know. I just thought it was funny that this is a story. It's just so, sunlight. It's not once again, funny. the whole same thing happens. The parents run off. They're left there. They wake up. Hansel's like, don't worry, Gretel. Once the moon comes out, we'll follow the breadcrumbs. But this time, the little forest critters and the birds have eaten the trail of crumbs that Hansel has left. So they are lost in the woods. They're not having a great time. The third morning after they left father's house, they see a pretty white bird and begin to follow it and find it. And when they follow it, they find the candy house. A house made from bread with a cake roof and clear sugar windows. So obviously they're starving and Hansel's like, Greta, let's have a nice dinner. So they start snacking on the house when they hear from inside, nibble, nibble, little mouse, who is nibbling at my house? They reply, the wind, the wind, heavenly child. And they keep on eating. Suddenly, a scary old woman emerges and tells them to come inside and that no harm will come to them. Then, and this is a quote from the story, she served them a good meal, milk and pancakes with sugar, apples and nuts. Afterwards, she made two nice beds for them, decked in white, Hansel and Gretel went to bed thinking they were in heaven, but she was only pretending she was a witch. And this is another quote. She would kill him, cook him, and eat him. Witches have red eyes and cannot see far, but they have a sense of smell like animals and know when humans are approaching. This is also a direct quote from the Grimm Brothers story. Facts. So, people, facts. The next morning, she grabs Hansel and locks him in a cage, and she effectively makes Greta her maid. She decides to fatten up Hansel, and every morning has him stick out his finger to feel if he is fattened up. A few mornings in, Hansel sticks out a little bone instead, and the witch is like, why aren't you fat yet? But decides that either way, she will eat him tomorrow. The next morning, she wakes Gretel up, and has her prepare for her brother's slaughter. She asks Greta to help her bake, fill up water, and boil it. And then she asks her to crawl inside the oven and see if it's hot. But Gretel, realizing what that the witch might want to bake her too, says, I don't know how to crawl in. <laughs> and the witch is like, you're dumb. And says, look, even I could get in. And when she looks in the oven, Gretel shoves her with a shovel and closes the door and the witch burns. Then she frees Hansel, they have a beautiful reunion, they rob her because she had tons of jewels in her house, and 
This is another weird detail that I just had to include. Not only are there gumdrops, there are rubies. No, there's rubies. So their pockets are full of jewels. They come across on the way home a little lake, and they're like, how are we going to cross this? And Gretel goes, I have an idea. And she calls out to a duck. And one by one, they cross the river, the lake, on the back of a duck. And that's how the story ends. They make it home, um, and the mother has died. And they are all reunited happily. And the father is so, so glad to have his children back home. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that is the, the final version of Hansel Gretel and Gretel that was published in 1875. The first was published 1812. The only like revisions that were made is the parents, the dad becomes nicer. The mom turns from their biological mother into their stepmother which is yes. a bit more like the evil stepmom trope. Um, and that happens somewhere around the fourth edition. The duck bit at the end also gets added. And that I wasn't know. there before. Yeah, the, the duck is... Um, I don't remember ever hearing about the duck, and I don't remember um, Hansel ever saying, look, it's a cat, or look, it's a bird, and it's like, no, it's just a reflection There's a bunch of, of weird things you? that I think the Grimm brothers, when they, because originally they didn't write their stories for children. I think, yes. like they said, they were more of a way of like commemorating like folklore and things they hear. But I think once they realized that children were reading them, I think they got some softened a bit and maybe some details like fun little okay. duck rides. And that makes sense. Added. Yeah, that totally makes sense. But it's like, I feel like there was a reason for him noticing the animals on the roof. But for some reason, some element got lost throughout the telling. Yeah. So now you and me are just like, why would why that? Why are you doing this? In, where there's so little text in the story, right? It's like the bare minimum that you get to like understand what's going on. But you get that's thrown in. And it's yeah. like, maybe it's like an allusion to him being blind because maybe everybody like a normal person would be like oh that's obviously a sketchy house because it's made of candy in the woods it's probably a trap and like but he also couldn't even tell the difference between like a cat and sunlight or something yeah. like like maybe he has vision problems I don't know I don't I'm know not sure yeah. I don't know what's up with with little Hansel so, so. You're saying that this might have had a, a, a true, like, base or something? Well, so so according to the folklorist Jack Sipes, the tale of this, like, sort emerged late Middle Ages, 1250 to 1500. So at, around that time and after the time, we have a lot of stories like this with common themes. So I'm going to read you a few of them because there's some similarities. So one of the first ones is from the Pentamaroni, which is a fairy tale collection that the Grimm yes. brothers drew a lot of inspiration from. By Batista well. Basile. Yes, the Pentamaroni mm-hmm. is beautiful. So one story in this is called Ninillo and Nanella. <laughs> Gonna have okay. a hard time with that. So it's once again the story of two siblings, a boy and a girl. Similar setup. They have a horrible mean mom. She's, like, starving. She wants to leave them in the woods. The dad, this time, leaves a trail of ash for them because he doesn't want to abandon his children, and they follow it home. Same thing happens again. She's starving. She wants to leave them in the woods. This time, 
the dad leaves a trail of grain and the animals eat it. So they get lost. Um, and this is where the story, up to this point, the story is so similar. And then here is when it kind of deviates from the Hansel and Gretel. In this version, Ninello and Ninella, <laughs> oh my gosh, um, are lost. They wander around for a bit and they hear wild dogs. Ninello hides in a tree and Ninella runs away afraid. The hunting dogs turned out to be the dogs of the prince and Ninello gets taken back to the palace. Ninella runs and runs until she gets to the ocean where she gets adopted by pirates, wanted pirates, um, oh, and the whole pirate ship sinks and she gets eaten by a giant fish who has a mansion and gardens in his belly. Whoa. So, I know, so, I mean, they kind of leveled up. Nanello's in a palace, Nanello's in a fish belly, in a mansion. So, the fish, she's been in there for a few years. The fish <laughs> goes to the side. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but she's been in the stomach of a fish for a few yeah. years. Like, they're, they're, like grow, they're like grown up at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of weird. Did you homeschool? No, I grew up in a fish. I grew cool, up in man. a fish. Cool. That's why I'm weird. Okay. Um, so the fish brings her to a rock island where the prince vacations. And Nanella sees her brother and calls out. But Nanella doesn't hear. But the prince does and says, hey, someone's in that fish. So they go. They, like, catch the fish. The fish opens his mouth. There's Nanella. And um, they reunite. And Nanella's like, I remember having a sister once, almost as if it were a dream. And she's like, it was me. So the prince reunites um, the kids with the dad. And then the prince, clever little guy he is, asks the stepmom how someone who does something so awful like this should be punished. And she says, they should be locked in a wine barrel and rolled down a hill. And then she gets locked in a wine barrel and rolled down a hill but that doesn't kill her so then she suffocates so that's wait, one of the f- wait she suffocates on wine i just in the barrel oh just in the barrel okay yeah mm-hmm. oh ouch so that yeah is so amazing. kind of yeah so it, it kind of goes away from hansel and gretel in the middle there but at the end it's kind of the same they get reunited the stepmom dies they're all happy so there's yeah, totally so another story, there's a few that are like very similar and have the same setup, is the story of Little Thumb. And this was released way before Hansel and Gretel. So this story is seven little boys instead of two children. And this time it's the dad who wants to abandon them. The littlest boy, called Little Thumb, because he was very small, hears the father and leaves a trail of breadcrumbs. And you guessed it, the same thing happens and little forest creatures eat their trail of breadcrumbs. They get lost, and this time, instead of stumbling upon a confectionery cottage, they stumble on an ogre's house. Now, the ogre's wife wants to keep them, and she feeds them, but the ogre comes home, and he wants to eat them, but he's super drunk, and so he decides that he'll wait until the next morning to eat them. Now, the two ogres have seven little ogre daughters and 
As they're all going to bed, Little Thumb, the clever little guy he is, decides to swap the nightcaps that the seven sons are wearing for the daughter's crowns. And when the ogre wakes up, drunk, he stumbles into his daughter's rooms and feels their heads. And when he feels the crowns on the seven boys' heads, kills his daughters instead and slits all their throats. So the boys wake up in the middle of the night. They run away. This is where it gets a bit weird. <laughs> Apparently yeah, the ogre has... Normal. Yeah, okay. yeah, so far so normal. <laughs> the ogre puts on magic boots that... Um, basically like speed him up he can travel really far in a really short time and chases after them they hide in a cave and he falls asleep um once he falls asleep a little thumb steals the boots and he runs back to the ogre's house and tells the wife that he needs gold because the ogre is being held captive so gives him jewels they rob him he runs home and then his family is happy and can eat. There was an alternate ending to the story too, which I really like, in which Little Thumb takes the boots and starts a messenger service. <laughs> Capitalism. Really successful. <laughs> okay, one. there's one more story that we're just going to tell. I just love these. Okay. I know, all of these are like crazy. This one is um, really, really similar. So this is a Romanian story. It's called The Little Boy and the wicked stepmother. And in this tale, two children are abandoned and find their way home following a trail of ashes, which we've seen before. But when they return home, the stepmother kills the little boy and forces the sister to prepare his corpse for a family meal. The horrified girl obeys, but hides the boy's heart inside a tree. The father, not knowing that it's his son, eats him while the sister refuses to take part. After the meal, the girl takes the brother's bone and puts them inside his tree with his heart. And the next day, a cuckoo bird emerges singing, Cuckoo, my sister has cooked me and my father has eaten me, but I am now a cuckoo and safe from my stepmother. The terrified stepmother throws a lump of salt at the bird, but it just falls back on her head, killing her instantaneously. So, there's like... A very common theme throughout them, like two children, they're always hungry, one of the parents is running away, there's always some sort of evil, like, witch-like character. So in the first one, like, I mean, the evil person or the witch is like the stepmom. Um, in the little thumb, it's the ogre, and also the parents, but they somehow get forgiven. And in the last one, like the witch and evil person is really just the stepmother. Um, yeah. So the th- most of these stories, they think, were inspired by a real life tragedy. It's very sad, which was the Great Famine, uh, 1314 to 1322. So there was volcanic activity that led to climate change and affected crops. In Europe, the situation was really bad since the food supply was already pretty scarce. Um, one scholar estimated the Great Famine impacted 400,000 square miles of Europe, 30 million people, and may have killed up to 20 per- killed off up to 25% of the population in certain areas. Uh, um, in Europe at this time, like old people voluntarily chose to starve to death to let the young live. A lot of other people committed infanticide. 
or abandon their children. And there was also evidence of cannibalism. An Irish chronicler wrote that the famine was so bad, people were so destroyed by hunger that they extracted bodies of the dead from cemeteries and dug out the flesh from the skulls and ate it. And women ate their children out of hunger. So people really were abandoning their children in the woods and eating people to stay alive. Like, imagine how horrible that yeah it was it was like common where it was like maybe this isn't about a specific family this is kind of like something that people have generational trauma over like leaving children in the woods because there was no food and then that turned into or like um, I was reading too that or parents would die because they didn't want to like if they were nice parents they would die from starvation but then these children would be left to their own devices and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, eaten. Um, yeah, and they can't, exactly. they can't bury their parents because then they're going to get dug up and eaten. But have so you noticed then how like, children are getting lost? Why do you think it's usually the stepmom who's like, we need to sacrifice them versus the dad? Because I feel like in a lot of like survival situations, the mom is usually like, I will like die before my kid. And not that dads yeah. are like that, but I feel like women tend to be like, like in real life, a lot more caring, a lot more willing to sacrifice than mm-hmm. um, like the dad maybe. Because also women were spending more time with their kids. So I just think it's interesting that like, you know, in the reality of this thirteen twelve famine, I would think that more women would have been like the parent who was like, I'll die before you die versus, you know, in the story where it's like, no, let me yeah. lead you into the woods. Just go. Yeah, go. I wonder if that's why like it became the stepmom too and like it went from being a mom to a stepmother in like the grim stories because maybe people were like I don't know if if little kids need to have a fear of their mom yeah 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 I don't yeah and so I don't know where the stepmother thing comes from exactly I know so some people are saying that the idea of the witch probably came just from real people eating children in the woods resorting to cannibalism so -hmm. you have like actual like yeah that makes people sense. eating with the children for sure um and the grim specific source is unclear they state that it derives from various stories from hessen and henrietta dorothea wilde who was a neighbor of the brothers grim and who narrated a lot of their tales for the first edition and who ends up marrying wilhelm grim is credited for a rhyme in the tale which is the wind, the wind, the heavenly child. Um, and some people think like, oh, maybe it was, you know, a story like this from her ancestors, like passed down from generations. Yeah. Uh, something like similar to that. It's like they had to leave their children and put them in the woods and then someone tried to eat them and maybe they made their way home. And they were safe yeah, and somehow. It all worked out just like, yeah, like you're saying like generational trauma manifested into it a totally, very famous totally. tale of because Gretel. I love retellings of Hansel and Gretel and there was a really well a semi-recent one that was made in like 2020 and it was like a horror version I think it was called like Gretel and Hansel like that was mm-hmm. their creative spin was like let's just rearrange the names but um it was really artsy and really dark and it kind of had an A24 feeling where it was very realistic in regards to like 
okay, there wasn't candy in the house. So the kids are living like somewhere in like the countryside in Northern Europe and it's a really dark forest and yeah, their family is starving and they go and they come across this cabin and like there's no candy, but it's a lady living there and she's, she's very kind in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but there's still like this uneasy sense where it's like, why would a stranger be kind? This doesn't make sense. You shouldn't trust like the kindness of a stranger. So like at its core level, it's almost like talking to our inner fear of the unknown. Like, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of like there can be nothing good in the forest. There can be nothing good in the forest. Like mm-hmm. even if it seems good, it will, it will be bad. Even the sweetest thing can be poison because there's like some mm-hmm. other agenda. So, and of course it's like ta- attacking children and their weakness, which is candy. You know, it gives you that like, yeah. you know, creepy, yeah, don't take candy from the and guy like in the if, van. If you're sort of band event, you know, mm-hmm. so, that so, so many children have. What do you think about the idea of it being like a warning for stranger danger? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely it probably is in a way. Like I think so many, but the thing is, I'm like, I don't know necessarily if the Grimm brothers wrote it that way, but I think that's maybe what it, has like evolved into a little bit yeah because I'm like that you don't get that in like the Pentamerone version or Little Thumb because it's kind of like Mm -hmm. the bad person is the parent who's making them and I think that originally because with all the um like like I think in the original Grimm Brothers version it was darker and they softened the story so you know you like you add a witch maple stepmom make it a little less famine <laughs> and then it becomes add a duck <laughs> yes. they, and instead it's not like the these parents were evil because i think in the original for some of the revisions the parents were just not great and they made the dad you know really happy for the children to come home yeah yeah well and did you read about like Bruno Bettelheim because he was a psychologist who kind of like analyzed a lot of the German fairy tales and was like this is what it represents like from a Freudian point of view because mm-hmm. um, I, I pulled up what he thought about Hansel and Gretel and he said that the story reveals the bitter truth that poverty scarcity and hardships lead people towards selfishness cruelty and bad deeds which is exactly what you yeah and saying. I think was the reality of like what I think inspired so many of these like stories it was just like people were starving you know yeah it was like okay and reality Um, was like incredibly dark even though the fairy tale you're usually just like I'm gonna sit by the fire and read this and like it doesn't mean that much because she's like oh you know cannibalism yeah whatever you know not a big deal we've all yeah she's gonna eat it and who cares (laughs) Yes, exactly. But it's also mm-hmm. such a bizarre story that it's like, I don't sit down and write a lot of stories about cannibalism. Or, no, I mean, you know, it is incredibly murder. dark. Like, it's child abandonment, cannibalism, enslavement. She then, like, enslaves Gretel, mm-hmm. tries to murder her. And that's crazy because, like, the reality of the origins or the possible origins of the story are kind of, like, equally just as dark yeah. as that. I, I think real life was that terrible. Otherwise, we wouldn't have stories that are that terrible mm-hmm. because they do kind of mimic real life and they've just been echoed down 
for so long that we now see those events as like just fictional occurrences versus like no you have no idea what it would have actually been like to have been in that situation where like how many people died you said 20 percent of the population 20 yeah 25 percent of the population okay beautiful 25 percent of the population so you have four friends one of them is just dead like you know what I mean so if if you're if you come from a family of four people you will lose somebody in this famine and that is like you know looking at how much psychological damage COVID did imagine having like no sort of like science to sort of make it okay and rationalize it like these people didn't have anything to control the weather or the fact that like they simply could not grow food and then they're family and friends and their like community was falling apart because there weren't enough people to like operate everything normal. So like anything stable you had suddenly got disrupted and yeah, that would have totally just changed like the brain chemistry and the stress hormones and just, you know, how people acted because in moments of crisis, you do freak out and you do things you would never normally do. Definitely. You weren't. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, you're, starving as well like that's gonna do crazy things to your to your body yeah everything like you're just gonna be a totally different person so yeah and and it's like it's not like resorting to cannibalism that's gonna take a lot like yeah nobody's choosing to do that for fun like especially if it's like the like when you were like people were digging up dead bodies it's like ooh, i'm gonna go down to the meat freezer yeah imagine just imagine being like oh i can't if i bury my family member they're going to be dug up and eaten by someone else yeah so I can't like or do I eat them like that's I don't even want to get into like anything too like no explicit on the podcast but like just the psychological significance and like I don't know I don't want to say derogatory but like it is almost like I don't know like deferential isn't the right word but it's disrespectful to like desecrate a body when like your tradition and religion says like no leave it bury it preserve it um that's your way of like making sure that your loved one goes to the afterlife and they're taken care of and everything but to be that desperate to like ruin something that is so significant as like their chances of going into another realm and being at peace to because you have to like survive totally dehumanizes you like you know a lot of your meaning in life is related to like your spirituality and then when you have to like let things sure. go because of that, it's just like, oh my gosh, you're losing your identity and everything. hundred oh, percent. Like that's what makes us like so human is like our little weird beliefs and like cultural things we do. Yeah. And things we that don't have to. any meaning. And when that is just like desecrated, it's like, oh, on a lighter note, <laughs> I have to oh, tell God. another funny thing. <laughs> okay, good. I'm just like, uh, so, hi everybody. Because Munch on that. Hansel Gretel is so popular. Um, so I just thought this was so funny. So 1936, um, the author Hans Traxler, he published a book called The Truth About Hansel and Gretel. And the book said the two siblings, um, the book said the two siblings were adults, not children. And they were bakers living in 17th century Germany. They murdered the witch who had been an ingenious confectioner, he said, to steal her secret recipe for Lebkuchen, a gingerbread-like treat. It was about profit, he said. Hansel and Gretel were villains, not victims. So this book, everyone is going crazy about. 
um, a West German paper called it Book of the Week. No, it's the Book of the Year and maybe the Century. Um, it was what like wild nationally, and it turned out to be a huge literary prank. <laughs> Wait, so it was not based on a true story? No, there, there Traxler wasn't. said he wrote it for his own amusement um, because 1963 was the 100th anniversary of Jacob Grimm's death. So I just thought that was so funny <gasps> that he wrote this and everyone went crazy. And that was well, just a little... I feel like that story could be true, though. The fact that, like, that story's not true is just like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like of course there were, like, brothers and sisters. That's the thing bakers. is, it's, it's crazy with all these tales and, like, folklore in general is because and the reason that the Brothers Grimm was writing so many books was to like commemorate these German folk tales that they were hearing and stories from people or stories from their neighbors and wives and it's like all of these probably were at some point like more real stories yeah totally and then a more pertinent real life thing happened Yeah. yeah and then it like got associated with the more recent event thing but I just love that though. Like I want to read that book. You know what I mean? Even if it's fake, I'm just like, I want the baking drama. I want the baking drama. And also I wonder if he like made up a gingerbread recipe where he's like, and I (laughs) researched the records and I found found it. (laughs) People have murdered for this gingerbread recipe. (laughs) Buy my book for like 1999 Amazon. Not victims. That's a quote from me. Brothers Grimm got it wrong. <laughs> oh, <that's> so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Well, you know, maybe they were. I don't know. Maybe they deserved to be left out in the woods because they could have been like Willy Wonka spoiled kids who were just like, Daddy, yeah, I want another pony. Sucked. No. Go survive in the woods. Make your own way in life. And then, I don't know. So keep an open mind people yeah keep an open mind send us your gingerbread recipes <laughs> yeah send us your gingerbread re- do you remember a week me and Isabel actually did find a um like ancient book in the parking lot of a oh. mall that had a bunch of um monk baking it was recipes. a monk who wrote yeah a, a book on baking yeah and the book and- is very like that's a it, bit of it, a boy Nick manuscript as well. It has fractured sentences, and anything that does make sense is very short. Like, this will make you smile. Good bread. Or it would be very like, um, recipe for over-the-wall cookies. And it's like, I made these cookies the day that we built the wall. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, wait, this is a big, what, what wall? Where are you? Yeah. Or, or it, there'll be like weird little instructional things. Like remember the one, it was some recipe that involved like pineapple. And he's like, very good. Very good, especially if the pineapple is flown to you from, as a gift given to you from New York. Yeah, <laughs> from New York. And it was, uh, yeah, it's just so strange <laughs> that like, how did this get published? Was there an editor? Like, why was it in a... Mall parking lot on the side. Yeah, of the road. why was this in this a South Dakota mall parking lot? And yeah, um, so what happened to that? Do you still have that? I still I have it. Like, yeah. Oh, good. I was gonna say because I lost it, but I gave it back to you. That's really good. That's great. Cool. We need to bake some things <laughs> out of that. We'll we'll look for a we'll gingerbread a recipe. Yeah, and we'll, we'll dedicate it to Hansel and Gretel and the brothers group. <laughs> well, thank Beautiful. you guys. Got a little bit off track. But yeah, thank you for joining you know, us. We found our way back. <laughs> 
Anywho, let us know what you think the main inspiration for Hansel and Gretel. Was it a vindictive pair of jealous baking twins in 16th century Germany or the starving peasantry of the 1312 famine? Or something else entirely. <laughs> yes. Or was it Aliens a, or witches? Uh, fairies and witches? It's probably fairies, witches, and yeah, all of the above. As it always But is. yeah. Shoot us a DM on Instagram or email us at farbeyondpod at gmail.com. See you next week or sometime in the future, Isabel. Bye. See you soon. Bye.